Welcome to another episode of Liverpool Adventures podcast, the old LFC talk here at Hotel Tia. With me today, I've got two of my favourites ever out there talking football with. It's the mighty fine David Fairclough. How are you doing, David? Yeah, fine, Ragnil. Nice to be here again. And isn't it just lovely to have our old regular with us back back on the on the team sheet, Mr. James Pierce from the Athletics? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am great, thank you. Even better good to be having back. you around. Um, we'll just have to dive straight into it. We are in the middle of the transfer window, and you have to forgive us, guys, because this is being recorded on the sixth of July, and and things happen, you know, minute by minute, hour by hour. So if we sound out of date, that's probably why, uh, because you have to sort of uh, press the record button at some point and just sum up uh, how it's going so far and and where where we are aiming at. Um, David, uh, what have been your um, transfer window experience so far? Oh, well, really excited, obviously, to, to see the two players that Liverpool have secured. They were being mentioned with almost every midfield player in Europe, I think, at one point. <laughs> uh, so it was always going to be a little bit questionable as to who you know, we would actually attract into the, into the club. The Bellingham thing, and you know, there are one or two parts of the story. It's not as simple as, as how it's ultimately panned out, I don't think. I think we were very close to getting Bellingham, but uh, the way Liverpool finished the season last year, um, I think meant that there was major uh, surgery needed rather than the influx of a, of a superstar uh, or potential superstar. So I think it's an, a really, really interesting period. Great, uh, great two signings, I have to say, that the, the two, as I say, McAllister and Zambasque, uh, uh, brilliant! I, I think uh, really, really pleased, and I'm sure there are a couple more to to be uh, to be added to the squad. James, tell us a little bit about our signings so far. Who are they, and why are they great signings? Um, yeah, I mean, starting off with Alexis McAllister, I think anyone who just saw Liverpool's games against Brighton last season couldn't help but be impressed by him, and of course. He was one of the stars of Argentina's World Cup winning team as well. I think you're clearly doing something right when Lionel Messi is looking for you every time he gets his, his head up on a football pitch and um, just absolutely blossomed over over the course of his time at Brighton and just a very shrewd piece of business, I think. you know The fact that um, Liverpool knew that he had this release clause in his contract where um, you know, I think there's been various fees banded around £35 million, um, Certainly, but I think that was the, the the kind of the base figure. Um, of course, you know there'll be agents' fees and other bits on on top of that. But you know that is an absolute bargain for for someone who I think he ticks all the boxes really for Klopp in terms of his age, in terms of his best years still being way ahead of him, um, but also good experience already. You know, and you know he's he's not a rookie. He knows what the Premier League is all about, which I think is a big help because we've we've seen it before when you come from a different league. Probably with Darwin Nunes would be a good example. A year ago, you had have that adaptation period where you won't get that with McAllister because he he knows the league back, you know, back to front already, um, and and can play in a number of positions. Versatility is something that Klopp loves. Um, you know, he played in a deeper midfield role at times with Caicedo last season. He then played further forward I think if Klopp has it looks likely at the minute is going to stick with this kind of system where Trent is in this kind of hybrid role where he's the right back 
when Liverpool defend and then steps into midfield when, when Liverpool are in possession. I think McAllister is probably ideally suited to kind of the, the kind of left side of, of that kind of midfield for it, I guess it becomes when, when Trent's in there alongside Fabino. Um, and then, yeah, Dominic Zloboslai, um, again, similar really in terms of his age, his profile, versatility, goals and assists as well, I think. I think that's the other thing that McAllister and Zloboslai give you because we know that during the Klopp years, Liverpool's midfield has largely been kind of, you know, a key component, but a lot of it has been about graft and work and organisation and the, the, the creativity has come from either the fullbacks and the firepower from the front three. And I think, I think we'll see in, a, in, a, in like an evolution of the style this season where McAllister, you look at his numbers last season and same as Lobbers at Leipzig, um, you know, they, they will give Liverpool more potency from midfield, which is going to be really valuable. Um, again, similar to McAllister's as I had the release clause, which which meant we didn't have one of those transfer sagas that drags on, you know, week after week after week with bids being put in and rejected and more negotiations. It was a very clean deal to wrap up £60 million, pounds, £70 million. Euros. Um, and crucially for Klopp, you know, once Liverpool had made that contact, both players were desperate to join, which I think shows you the size and the magnitude of Liverpool, despite the fact they can't offer Champions League football this season. So, um, yeah, I think, as David said, I think, you know, Bellingham was the, the, the big target for so long. But once it became clear there was so much surgery needed to the squad, I, I don't think, despite the fact that there was obviously, you could, you know, I, there's still no, there's still nothing to say he would have picked Liverpool anyway, because... You know, Real Madrid, are, you know, they've got a fair amount of pulling power themselves and not being in the Champions League, I think, probably hurt Liverpool as well. But I think when you look at the numbers, I think the deal for Bellingham could rise to 115 million and Liverpool have got McAllister and Zlobber's life for 95 million combined. That, that to me, is, is very smart recruitment. And it's typical Liverpool, isn't it? How we... Now we don't go for the superstars, but do do harvest a little lower and then create superstars. But saying that though, um, um, in the German league, he was like the star last season, wasn't he? And especially, you know, having so many assists. I think any time well. anytime that you saw him, whether or not it was because of his name or what he, he was the standout player for Leipzig, he yeah. was the standout player for uh, Hungary as well against England. And uh, I'm surprised he's only 22, actually. Mm. I mean, yeah. he, he's uh, developed way beyond his years uh, for a 22 year old. Uh, you look at what an English 22 year old lad looks like, and see, you know, there doesn't seem to be a great, you know, you can't, you can't compare. He, he looks. He looks a seasoned professional, you know, international player already. Uh, and just drop in the, I was, and I have an Argentinian, somebody very much in the know in Argentinian football says, McAllister is so up for joining Liverpool. Really, really can't wait to get started. I think it sounded really exciting when he was, you know, he, he gave me some, we had a little chat about it. You know, uh, seeing McAllister week in, week out, I think is a really exciting prospect. And it doesn't hurt that I, I, I'm still practicing to, to pronounce it. Slobo Sly, is that? That's what I'm going with, yeah. yeah. I, did, I think that's what yeah. the man himself said, so yeah. he, he should know. 
I'm just practicing Slobos line. Uh, it doesn't hurt. It looks like a proper super bottle too. So it's going to bring in a lot of popularity to those who are like on the fringe of liking football. They will they will come like flies uh, on, on, uh, on some sort of And they've chosen stuff. iconic sort of... If you place any uh, iconic value on, on the, the numbers that they've selected, but they're going to be huge features of, of Liverpool wearing the 8 and 10. Yeah. Uh, I mean... The, the the two of the most uh, sort of individual numbers in in, in a team, um, and I think that that's a sign of the big part that they're going to play. And it's lovely. This is not a transfer thing, but it's a transfer of numbers. It's lovely how we've got a new number seven. Yeah, uh, Diaz and taking mm-hmm. the seven. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he's fitting as well. Excited to see Diaz back after. Probably, you know, next time we'll see him, we'll see him in the odd friendly game. But having a pre-season behind him, I think he's going to be a better, you know, it's going to be better for us coming back to the, the end of the season when he, he came back. He didn't, he looked like a player who'd been out for a good yeah. while. He looked very rusty, um, but still excited in, 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 you know, in one or two of the games, came on and, and always looked to be the difference. But it, I mean, it, I think we've got such an exciting... Um, yeah, uh, uh, seasons look forward to. Uh, the, the future looks really, really bright, and play, we've got players of a, who are a great age for ter- in terms of development. And you know, we're not sort of buying seasons players who are on the back end. You know, these players are on the front end of their careers. James, you are uh, a man who knows a lot of things. What's going on behind the scenes? Um, who do we have in the pipeline? I know it's impossible to say uh, this and that player is coming and Liverpool never ever reveals who is who's up next yeah, before yeah. it actually happens but who is on that radar that we can look out for and maybe hope will be the next signing. Yeah, you're right. Liverpool do keep their cards very close to their chest so I'd uh, I'd be lying to you if I said I had a a blow by blow account around the next four or five weeks are going to pan out before the start of the season but um but yeah, I certainly don't think they're done in the transfer market yet. Um, been a lot of talk, talk about Romeo Lavia at, at Southampton, um, who he's certainly admired. And he's a, he's a different, very different type of midfielder to McAllister and Zlobberslai, more defensive, more of a, a number six, more of a kind of a Fabino alternative. Um, but at the moment, as we're sat here talking now, you know, the, Liverpool, their stance is unless a midfielder leaves, they're unlikely to bring in a third new face there. Um, and also the complication with Lavia at the moment is Southampton have been quoting teams £50 million. And you think, I think they bought him off Man City for £12 million a year ago. Um, and he's only played, I think you know, he's still so young, 19. He's only played 36, I think 37 senior games in his entire career. So the idea that he could be worth £50 million is is crazy. So... Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of things up in the air at the moment. Obviously, Thiago so far has turned down interest from Saudi. Um, be interesting to see if if they come back with a, a bigger offer that that has an impact there. Um, so so yeah, so it's I think the midfield thing. You know, it was said to me earlier on this week that having got Zlobas lie in, it's more a case now of taking stock and just seeing how the next you know few few weeks pan out on that front. Um, I'd say arguably the bigger priority now should be strengthening at centre back because um, I think we saw last season that you know Canate 
is I, I really really rate rate him very very highly. But he has had his injury issues, which is a concern. Um, and obviously Matip is is um, you know in, in like the latter years of his career, only one year left on his deal. Um, Van Dijk, you know, I I still I still think I think Van Dijk had a difficult season at times last season, but I think. I expect him to come back strong this time around. And then Joe Gomez, um, you know, again, I I felt sorry for him at times because he didn't really get a run of games. And when he did play, you could see he lacked regular football and didn't have that rhythm. Um, But I do think Liverpool do need another elite centre back, really, if they're, especially if Trent is going to keep this this hybrid role because it asks so much in terms of the athleticism of the right-sided centre back. So, um, yeah, various names under consideration for for that at the moment. You know, they certainly like Colwell, Chelsea, I think. Who, but you know, that'll be a difficult deal to do. You know, he's had a great tournament with England under twenty ones at the Euros, and Brighton have been trying to buy him, and Chelsea have been saying no. So um, I doubt they'll be any more keen to sell him to Liverpool. So um, so yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting to see what what happens next but yeah nothing else imminent at the minute I think I think the biggest thing is the fact that before they've even regrouped at Kirby for pre-season you know the fact that Liverpool have ticked off their priorities which is two multifunctional midfielders who were ready-made to go straight into that team because the midfield sorry David to interrupt was the weakest link the last season oh without a shadow of a yeah. doubt it was it was a poor side of the uh... The, the team, I mean, it's the engine room. It's always been accepted as a, a vital part of, of any team. We, we, we were very, very disjointed and at times um, put so much reliance on young players who, you know, when you come up against the likes of Rodri, for, uh, Man City and, and one or two others, likes of Partey, there's Arsenal, big, strong mm. players. We look really weakened. Um, but, you know, that will be... Uh, Reversed this year, I'm sure, and the players are going to be really up for it. It'd be nice if you know we get no issues through the pre-season training because that is such a vital part of um, of any player's season is getting a good pre-season uh, right behind you, and that's your your basis of fitness. Um, will be it will be interesting in terms of a uh, a centre back. Um, James mentions the Lavia one, and, and you know brings a kind of a smile. You know, and City still want twenty percent of uh, of any deal of Lavia going forward. So I mean, that would be a reason why Southampton are, are up in the ante a little bit mm. uh, on that one. But uh, Colwell has looked really well, and and certainly uh, Liverpool have been linked with them for linked with him for a while. The problem, maybe there, as James points out, is that um, he wants to meet up with Pocket. Pochettino and, uh, and and being away with an under twenty ones and stuff, that's not sort of been easy to, uh, to 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 see through. So yeah, it's going to be a week or two maybe before you know there's a final decision in that direction. But um, Jurgen said at the outset, and it isn't always possible, um, but he wanted all his business done before the players uh, return back for pre season because he wants a, a, you know to be working with the squad that's going to take care of the season um, that doesn't look like it's sort of going to just fall short I think on that I think we might see another one or two I, I do suspect there will be a couple but you know we've got Ramsey to come back as well there by the way you know a, a young lad who's really really promising I think he's going to be an asset this year if um, he gets full fitness and uh, you know and, and will feature certainly in the early 
the early warm games. He, he could be one player who actually saves Liverpool a few, you know, some money. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he, he will he will go out on loan, Ramsey. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think you know, a number of young players being obviously moving on in terms of the loans with Owen Beck, I think went out this week to Dundee and, um, you know, Reese Williams is another one that's, that's, that's gone out. So I think, and obviously Carvalho has gone to Leipzig, hasn't he? It was part of the discussions was Lobbers Lie coming the other way. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I, I think, I think one of the issues for Liverpool this summer has been, they haven't really got the players on the fringes that are disposable, that will generate significant funds to kind of boost the kitty to, to bring bring players in because um, it, it's just where they're at. Obviously, there was quite a you know a high nut high turnover this summer, but you know those players left for nothing at the end of their contracts, and obviously Arthur went back to Juventus after the end of his disastrous loan spell. Um, so um, so yeah, you know at the moment Liverpool have spent nearly a hundred million and generated pretty much zero from from uh, outgoings and. You know, Quivine Kelleher was probably the one. If you'd said two or three months ago, you know, who could Liverpool sell this summer that you could say they could probably do without, and you'd get decent money for it, it'd be him. But um, at the minute, that's that's gone very, very quiet. You know, I think the the clubs that were linked with him were kind of Tottenham and Brighton were like two of the two of the main ones. I think Brentford as well. But you know, those clubs have either already gone and signed someone from elsewhere or don't seem to be. Um, looking at Quivine Kelleher. So it looks like at the minute, unless that changes, um, Liverpool get another 12 months out of him, which I think they'll, Klopp will be absolutely delighted about because I don't think you're going to get a better number two than, than Kelleher, but probably frustrating for the player because I think he felt this summer might be the time to go and become a number one somewhere. Yeah. That, is, that is Jürgen's strength, I think, the relationship that he builds with players and obviously the confidence that he gives to players and that's why maybe he'll he'll be able to uh, appease uh, Kelleher and uh, keep him keep him involved on the on the on the loan thing i'm not particularly a great fan of the loan system i don't think it really works better very few players come back after a loan and i know it's worked in one or two other clubs but it doesn't seem to work with liverpool the players we 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 let go out on loan don't seem to come back and i don't nothing springs to mind to say somebody who's been uh, out on loan I mean Harvey Elliott I suppose would be one you'd say he had a really good year at Blackburn and then came back and and kicked on Um, but where does he feature in the I mean he isn't even a starter for the under 21s no but Harvey Elliott and and, and with the signing of uh, Zabosle and uh, I wonder how many opportunities he he would really really get I mean before his injury obviously he was a you know he was a feature of the team I just, I think somewhere along the line, I just feel as if he might have just slipped back in the, uh, in in the ratings. Yeah, I think sometimes the loan system as well is used to increase the value of young players because mm. Liverpool have done that quite successfully. With you know Ryan Kent went out and then got mm. sold on for decent money. Mm. Um, Harry Wilson would be another one. I think he went out on loan and did well, and it, yeah, it wasn't good enough to come back and make the grade at Liverpool but you almost put them in the shot window in terms of in, in the reserve team Wilson always looked a bit of a player he was the standout player in the reserve team that mm. he featured in but never really came through in quite the way but he's he's def, definitely benefited from from moving on and has obviously become you know a, a first a first uh, rate Welsh international uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know first choice and, and stuff like that but I, I mean I can I say with the exception maybe as James Corrects me on the on the Elliot thing, but I'm not. Uh, I can't think of players who have really benefited 
going out on loan from Liverpool and have come back. I mean, Clarkson is, is yeah. Like, you know, a few of the players have gone up to Scotland and Clarkson I think went to Blackburn, didn't he? Uh, Tyler Morton, obviously, yeah, he was Morton, at Blackburn, wasn't he? Was yeah, Blackburn, yeah. You know what I mean, you know, not players who are really going to come back. There's this strange thing, and I mentioned it partly with the developments of Zabosle. I mean, twenty year old, he looks like a, a you know a real. He's a ready-made player, and and over here, and I don't know why it is, but young players who come through your systems, how often do you hear people turn around saying, "Yeah, he's got to fill out and he's got to become stronger mm. and all that." And I don't know whether are we doing, are we not doing something in in the English development of players and there are other countries are. I think it's a there's a little bit of a there's a mystery there. For, yeah. You know, I wonder whether, whether it's exposure to senior football at a young age because you I know don't he. See enough. Yeah, because I think he. Because he was, Sobers Live was part of the Red Bull kind of stable mm. from, I think, 15, 16. And he was mm. playing for Salzburg in like the Austrian mm. top division when he was 17. And mm. obviously they were in the Champions League, played against Liverpool in the Champions League. And so, yeah, I think maybe that's part of it. It's almost, you're right, when you see him physically and also listen to him speak, you think, can't be possibly be 22. Yeah, exactly. But he's probably 22 that's had five years of mm. like real top end senior football where. As you said, a lot of premier, a lot of English twenty-two-year-olds have maybe you know either still trying to knock on the door, or have only played twenty games, or thirty games, or forty games. And I, yeah, I mean, during my time covering Liverpool, young Liverpool games, uh, under 18s and stuff, and people say, "Oh, in a few more years, you'll be, you know, we've knocked on the door." And you're thinking, well, in years gone by, if you weren't breaking into the team at seventeen and eighteen, well, mm-hmm. it, it passed you by, and it wasn't going to, and it wasn't going to happen. Um, and it's it just, uh, it, it's kind of, it's, it's, a, it's probably in a, a discussion for another day, really. But uh, the, I think the development and the way players come through these days, 16-year-olds play against 16-year-olds and so on and so on. Whereas when we were coming through at 16, we were playing against 32-year-old men, yeah. you know. And it, it's a different type of uh, know-how. And it's not to say that we were, you know ready at 17 and 18. We still had a little bit to go, but I think we were more advanced than... Than players of this age, you, you still look very young. At, you know, yeah. as I say, it's for another day. But eighteen and nineteen-year-old English players don't look as strong as uh, as some of the continental lads out there. One uh, guy that was outstanding, really, really young, was Mbappe. And I've always had this this dream and vision that one day, one day, he <laughs> will come to Anfield and play for us. Uh, down the line, uh, in the in the little bit of a future, uh, James, do we have a chance? I not at the numbers that have been talked about, unfortunately. I think um, you know, it looks like he will be on the move again shortly as we sit here because you know, I think PSG obviously unveiled um, you know uh, Luis Enrique as the their new manager this week, and the, you know the the PSG chairman said that you know losing. Mbappe for nothing they just can't you know even for a club back with the kind of riches that PSG have got because of you know FFP and everything else that you have to satisfy the requirements so um, yeah he's going to either have to stay put or be on the move but of course there's such a small pool of potential places he could be end up I mean I was still being the numbers being talked about 200 million euros and then (laughs) then you've got the wages on top of that so yeah, I did see some stories this week about, you know, Liverpool on the brink of putting in 200 million euro offer and you're like, yeah, unfortunately, 
happen. No, no, yeah, it's as much as you know, and, and you know, I think it's been well documented. There was a time when when Liverpool did speak to him. I think when he was still at Monaco, mm-hmm. and and Klopp did have a conversation, but um, but no, just those numbers are just fantasy numbers, aren't they? And for, for a club with a self-sustaining business model where you have to you have to balance the books, it's um, it's it's just not not a possibility. I think, I think we could all play, you know. FIFA, I suppose, pick your team and all this, and we'd say, oh, Mbappe would be great. I think, actually, if he came to the he'd totally unbalanced Liverpool anyway. He, doesn't, he just doesn't fit whether or not, you know, for his, you know, for his, his, his plus points, I think a, a sort of evened out by his, uh, his, his the, the, the things against him. He, he's just not, you know, he's, he wouldn't be a Liverpool-type player. He could excite you from week to week, but... I think we, I think we're now sort of seeing over Jurgen's um, spell here. You know, Liverpool players again now have a an identity, the type of players that are going to succeed at Liverpool. Uh, you know, there was a period when, you know, we can all point back to players as it never make it at Liverpool. We'll never be a Liverpool player, but under Jurgen, he only brings in the players who, you know, are Liverpool types, and and we know, you know, we'll we'll keep the balance there. Well, the future will show what will happen. Uh, It's going to be an exciting window, and that's for sure. And we know the shopping business hasn't finished yet. Um, Before I say goodbye and uh, thank you for listening to Liverpool Adventures podcast, I just want to let you know it's so exciting because next to Hotel Tia, we're about to complete a new apartment hotel which um, is helping us add another 40 beds to, to um, our business, which is great because we, we've been on the bucket list for so many people to come and, and watch a game and, um, and stay with us because we're only 200 meters from the ground. But now we have luxury apartments that are actually rated as. First, first time ever being built in Anfield to be a part of giving something back to the community as well. And it will allow us to employ more local people um, to come and, and work with us. And we've become an official sub-agent of tickets. So we are, uh, have now got tickets, match tickets to all the rooms, um, which is incredible. So if you want to come and see a game, see the Mighty Reds play uh, and stay with us for the following season, we have released all our football packages and you have to go to liverpooladventures.com and inquire which games you want to come and see with us. And they are selling super fast, so you have to be quick. And we have also just released, but I haven't announced it anywhere but here right now, um, our pre-match legend, pre-match uh, tickets for next season. David Fairclough is one of our mighty, mighty legends who come in and share um, uh, thoughts on the game and on the team and obviously share a few stories from the good old days as well. You've hosted one of them, James, haven't you? you, you Never got asked back. No, well, that's because, <laughs> that's because you know, we, we want to keep you very special and exclusive. So uh, if you never know. I'll have to ask you this. You got my one. number. Oh, I got your number. <laughs> you are very, very busy on match day, so we know that. But, uh, yeah, you were brilliant. So you, you might even have James Pierce hosting. Um, but if you want to come and, and um, be a part of our very exclusive, in this room, uh, pretty much with legend, Meals with a free bar and the three-course meals cooked by our mighty great uh, chef, Neil. Uh, you have to be quick and go to ticketsource.co.uk and just search up Hotel Tia. And you'll find all our pre-matches there. 
And until next time, we will probably have a little bit of a summer break now. Uh, might play a few timeless, um, timeless episodes over the summer. But please share Liverpool adventures uh, with everyone you know, everyone who loves uh, talking about the Reds, um, hearing about the Reds. We will be here next season as well, uh, better and stronger than ever. <laughs> So until then, have a lovely summer, everyone. And dear David and dear James, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome.